You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. Um, just <laughs> we were talking about Game of Thrones. I mean, a- after that Game of Thrones <laughs> episode, it feels like we've gotten quite a, a, an influx of questions about Game of Thrones and how they relate to the Cowboys. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of those popped up today. Uh, yeah, I would, wouldn't be surprised at all. We're going to be talking a little bit about the NFL draft today. Uh, you guys had some really good questions, and let's go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, Sean wants to know. Would you guys have a desire to give up uh, the Cowboys' second and third round picks to move up for a player? Um, so while Landon, while you're thinking about some of those guys that the Cowboys could potentially move up for, uh, I tweeted out a couple trade-up scenarios uh, this morning. Um, and the first one is trading pick 58 and 94. That'll get you to about pick 44, 45, just to kind of depending on the team. So kind of thinking about that. Um, what players would interest you in, in making the move up to you know the top half of the second round? Well, I mean it's 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 an interesting thought process because you I mean you're kind of having to simulate the draft, figure out what guys could potentially fall. So you're looking for a guy that's appealing to you, but is also a, a, a you know first round faller and and why they so you're trying to find somebody that is suddenly stock dropping but for reasons that uh, don't affect your desire for the player right like uh, you know usually scheme based stuff or you know specific it would have to be a guy that the cowboys have a first round grade on too right well yeah i mean if we're going to talk about actually being willing to trade up and and to lose that third round pick especially it's going to need to be a, a a you know, a special player, a first-round guy, a guy they have a first-round grade for on for sure, uh, but also a, a guy that, you know, I mean, th- the last time they did something like this really was uh, for Tank, right? I mean, it's just, uh, I, I can't yeah. really think about them trading up like this, uh, you know, for, for, for a player like that. So, um, you know, I think you know, the, the guy that comes to mind immediately is Jerry Tillery. I mean, I think just mm. because he is clearly... Uh, an elite talent at a position that the Cowboys, uh, you know, clearly have a need at still. Uh, I mean, or at least, you know, could definitely fit uh, 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 the, that talent in re- very easily. Um, he seems to be kind of, it's it's nuts. I, I, I don't know whether to believe all the, the, the talk about Jerry Tillery's stock because it seems a little crazy to me. Uh, yeah, this guy is not an off-field problems. I mean, this this guy is not that. I mean, he no. he's had a couple of on-field issues where he's played too physical, and 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 I guess that's the point about this that makes it so dumb to me is that the two issues, the the two marks against this guy. There's there's almost no marks in his play. His play is fantastic. He's explosive. He's strong. He dominates. He produces. He's played good talent. He's produced against good talent. Um, you know, the, his tape against Stanford is 
basically legendary at this point. Yeah, it's the best I think I've ever seen from a defensive uh, tape. It, 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 it may be it may be the best defensive line tape against any uh, in college football I've ever seen. Like I mean, as far as yeah. studying for a scouting prospect, it's totally nuts. Um, and again, Stanford is they're off this year as far as offensive line their standards, but still, it's a Stanford offensive line. It's nothing to shrug away. Not the way no, that not, Jerry Tillery was doing it. So my my point being that. Somehow he simultaneously is too nasty on the field and also doesn't love football enough because he <laughs> likes insane. other things off the field, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I, I want that guy who who can be like Tillery, where he can flip a switch, you know, like on the field and become an absolute monster. Um, you know, I, I I think that there's a point where you can get into. Uh, in Dominic and Sue territory, and that could be you know detrimental at times. But I, I, I I'm not knocking a guy. I don't for, feel like it's that. Yeah, I, I feel like it's the other thing. I feel like it's people are concerned that he loves football, and I, I just, I mean, I'm not down with that. I think you bring him in if you feel like you're comfortable with him. His talent is just too much to pass up, and if he gets out of the first round. I mean, I look honestly. I, I think the Cowboys should do more than just think about their you know second and third round picks. I mean, they may want to consider bringing in next year's picks. I, I, I mean, I, I think Tillery's that type of that type of talent, and and if he's available out of the first round, the Cowboys need to figure out what it takes to get there and see if they can. Yeah, I think those are all good points. Um, just kind of talking about that a little bit. Let's say the Cowboys wanted to move their second, their third, and their fourth to kind of get up higher. Uh, pick 58, 90, 128 gets you to pick 40. I mean, I would think you'd be you'd be at least in the range of getting Tillery if he, if he falls. So that's kind of an interesting one to keep an eye on. Uh, I'm a big fan of Tillery. I, I think he can come in right away and give you high-quality snaps as a three-technique. So he's kind of one to save, put it in your back pocket, kind of think about. Uh, I'm going to give you some other names, and you just kind of say yes, no, and maybe a couple of lines of what you think about some of these guys. Uh, What if Noah Font gets to pick, oh, I don't know, 43, 44, 45? Would you consider moving up for him? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I I can't imagine he's falling that far, though. It's crazy to me. Like I can't either. Uh, this is the time of year, and I don't know how your process works. I mean, uh, but you know, we talk every day. I talk to a couple other people, you know, regularly. But normally, I, it, it's it's not until right around now that I start like listening to uh, podcasts, uh, the other draft podcasts. I mean, I listen to the draft show, but like uh, you know, start listening to other podcasts, uh, like like the like the Locked On Draft, uh, Locked On Draft podcast, sure. um, you know, and then some of the other you know more national show stuff. And what's interesting to me is is at this point, having kind of formulated at least a, a basic opinion on some of these guys, how wide variety there is on some of this, and, and the whole. Hawkinson versus Fant thing is like really fascinating to me because I assumed very much that everyone had uh, Hawkinson above Fant, and, and now I'm seeing that there's uh, some you know discrepancy there. So if yeah, I, I, the long story short, if Fant falls down that far, uh, he's a talent that's probably too tough to miss. I can't imagine why he would be falling that far, but yeah, go get him. I mean, sure, absolutely. Well, we have these conversations every year, and inevitably we'll get to. You know, Friday morning, and there'll be guys that we never thought would ever be available in the second round are going to be there. It happens every single year. Yeah. So it's worth at least discussing some of these names. And again, 
if I had to put my life on it, I think Noah Fant's going in the first round, but you never know. Well, real quick, um, real quick. I was, guys. I was Go just going to say, like, the other thing, too, to consider there is why are they falling? Because the reason they're falling may you know, affect you as well. You may not want to get involved in whatever brouhaha is behind them falling in the first place sure. when they have that level of talent. All right. Uh, let me give you a couple maybe off-the-wall names, guys that have been considered in the top 15 that – for one reason or another, could fall a little bit. What about Brian Burns? This is a guy that I know a lot of people like. Some people even have him as the best pass rusher in the class. Uh, but there's kind of been some whispers out there that maybe the NFL doesn't love him as much as draft Twitter does. Uh, he's a little smaller for an edge rusher. He came in at 249 pounds. Uh, I know one evaluator told me that he played in the 230s this year. Um, we've seen these type of guys fall before. Would Brian Burns be somebody that would interest you in a possible trade-up? If the Cowboys are interested in him, then absolutely. I mean, again, this is a guy who has top half of the draft, top half of the first round talent. At the, you know, I think, I, at least in my opinion, and so I, I think I it's uh, if he falls to a spot where the Cowboys can get him, even with everything that's developed, even with. You know the the signing of Demarcus Lawrence with Quinn signing with you know the potential that you know you feel like pretty good maybe Gregory will come back at some point this year. I still think he is just that talent is too much to pass up. Again, why would he be falling if he's if it's just about teams not being sure that he can fit in their scheme and the Cowboys do feel good? Then yeah, absolutely pull the trigger. But otherwise. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, I wouldn't understand why he would be falling like that. But if if he's available, if it's just about scheme and the Cowboys feel comfortable, go get him because you know, like there's, it, and it may cost you something. But again, like that's just pure value falling all the way down the draft. Sure, I agree. Uh, you know, I'm sure the Patriots would love it if he fell to 32. <laughs> They'll just take him. You know, I mean, sure, it, that's usually what happens. So if you can trade a little bit extra to get up there and get them if it somehow slips past all the bottom of the first half guys yeah i think it's worth it all right last one and this one's a this one's a long shot but again it wouldn't totally shock me um you just kind of look around the league and look about who people are talking about a receiver it doesn't seem like anybody has any kind of consensus of where the receivers go i know daniel jeremiah of nfl network today said he wouldn't be surprised at all if only one receiver went off the board in the first round and he's betting it's going to be hollywood brown i know gil brant feels the same and i know adam schefter uh tweeted out that he thinks hollywood's a top 15 lock so what if a player like dk metcalf fell to the late 30s or early 40s would that be a player that interests you landon well, I mean, if we're talking about only one wide receiver going in the first round, I mean, I feel like it's more than just DK Metcalf that I would be very much interested. In. I mean, where did AJ Brown go? Okay, you know, like where, where you know, I where mean, did the, the to, rest of these guys go? Cause, I I feel pretty good actually that I, I think AJ is going to go ahead of DK Metcalf. I just have a feeling that teams are going to like Brown a lot better because of his versatility, and some teams are going to be scared off of Metcalf only being able to play one position, but. Look, if you're looking for some speed for the Cowboys, a guy that can take the top off the defense, that can play on the outside, and you can move Amari to the inside, that's a lot of fun right there. Well, that's my thought process is that the Cowboys clearly, as we've seen, are looking for guys either of a specific type uh, or 
more more and more, they're looking for guys who can be versatile and can be moved around and play in a couple different spots and kind of dance around with Amari Cooper and you know get the good matchups and all that stuff. Yeah, now imagine if that that guy traveling opposite of of Cooper was AJ Brown. <laughs> like now you're talking I, I, I about love something. AJ. You know, I, I mean, like now you're talking about some real. You juice. can con- you. I was gonna say you can convince me that Brown is the best receiver in his class because of oh, he's got yeah. the production. He, he play all over. I love him after the catch. I think he is a really competitive player. I, I love AJ Brown. I, you, I mean, you look, wouldn't have a hard time convincing me there. It's it, listen when it comes to wide receiver. I'm very much of the belief that it's what what are you looking for, you know? And then let's let's talk about for that specific skill set which player fits. Uh, you know, I think you can make an argument that if you're if you're not necessarily looking for the 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 big you know possession receiver type, you know I think this is the, first of all this is one of the few drafts in a while that it feels like there's multiple of those players that are good that are decent you know and two yeah, two agree. at least guys that I think are second round top or first round guys in Akeem Butler and and, and DK Metcalf but I, I think that you could still make an argument that, that what you just said that AJ Brown is a guy for all the rest of those teams that maybe want more of a route runner maybe want more of a, a versatile mm-hmm. guy maybe want more speed uh, I, Brown could do a lot of different things on this team um, and so I, I think yeah I mean if if DJ if DK Metcalf and AJ Brown were staring me in the face at 58, I don't know how what world that would happen in, but let's just say hypothetically, right. if the Cowboys were on the pick and those two guys were looking at me, I would not at all be surprised if they just picked A.J. Brown instead of D.K. Metcalf. I mean, the teams that had him in college, you know, they were on the same team, and, and, and the coaches picked uh, A.J. Brown, clearly. I mean, so right. uh, I, I think there's something there. And I think uh, it's, again, with, with wide receiver – what are you doing with them? What's 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 the what's the goal for the player that you're drafting? Are you just getting the best talent, or or do you have a specific goal, uh, plan with them in mind? And which player fits that plan better? I, I know I tweeted out today. I, I asked everybody if you could have any pick of the receivers in this class for the Cowboys, which one would you choose? Um, and I had to think about it a little bit even after I asked it because I don't have this player as the top receiver in the class, but. I kind of think Hollywood Brown might be the best fit for the Cowboys because he can play in the inside, he can play outside, and he gives you some speed. So if Hollywood were, if he were to fall to pick 40, 45, I think we'd have to at least have a conversation about it because I think he offers something so different from what the rest of the receivers have in your team. But uh, any quick thoughts on Hollywood before we move on? I mean, I agree. I, I think he's just yeah. a rare talent in the kind of Deshaun Jackson sort of like better Role. I mean, I, th- I like him better than Deshaun yeah. Jackson. I think he'll be better. I think he's probably closer to what you thought. What uh, uh, the kid from Kansas City who just got in trouble. Forgot his name. Wow, I forget Tyree everybody's Kill. names. Like Tyree Kill. Every Tyree every year Kill, in the draft. You. Every year in the draft time, when all these new names come in, all the old names just fall out of my head. I think. And so, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's where we are. Um, all right, let's go ahead and get to some different questions. That was 15 minutes talking about receivers and that kind of stuff, but. Uh, Votes Lombardi wants to know why are people this is a good, just a good general question why are people afraid to draft draft offensive linemen until it's too late uh, I know he wants the Cowboys to draft an offensive tackle high and I think he's getting some pushback on it uh, would you be opposed to drafting you know a, maybe a potential right tackle in the third round absolutely not I mean 
I, I think there's you always need to be looking a year uh, beyond what you, just the next year. I mean, it's it's not just about 2019. It's about 2020 when you do these draft picks. And at, th- at this point, you, you look at where Collins' uh, contract is. You, you still got uh, – uh, uh, your swing tackle for on a one-year deal. Cam Fleming. Yeah, you got Fleming on one yep. one-year deal. You know you've uh, you've got some guys that you have down roster that you kind of like, but they're mostly interior guys. Um, and so Almost I all yeah of them are, yep. yeah I would say definitely like I wouldn't have any problem at all with them drafting a, a third-round pick uh, offensive tackle if they liked the guy, and then you know having him sit a year maybe compete for that swing tackle spot and you know if worse uh get in and probably be your fourth tackle maybe you're inactive and with the idea that a year in the uh, an off season in the, in the off season program and and he'll get more acclimated into the position and be competing for a starting spot next season or or at least you know in the mix for 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 whatever's going on i i i think that's not a, a bad plan at all i mean i think that's how you continue to have resources at a position that the rest of the league is struggling to fill even starter positions at. Right. Um, we talked about Bobby Evans yesterday from Oklahoma as a guy that we took in the fourth round. I could very easily see the Cowboys drafting him in the third round because I think he projects as a starting tackle in the NFL. I, I'm not. I'm never opposed to investing in your offensive line. Uh, I would spend a top 100 pick there every single year because – Frankly, the, there's not enough starting quality offensive linemen in the league, and with Tyron Smith's health and Lyle Collins' contract coming up, I don't think it's a bad idea to, to think about potentially um, grabbing an offensive lineman. All right, um, this question is from Shania, who wants to know, if Scott Linehan was given the privilege of deciding the Game of Thrones finale, <laughs> how would he make it end? Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. We're not going to try to reveal too much, but Landon... How would Scott Linehan finish the season up? Well, I mean, it, again, like we were talking about, I, I think if we're going with the idea that the common thought is that Scott is too conservative, too kind of old school, straightforward, I would imagine it would be something like obvious, like, uh, like you know, John... Very predictable. John kills the bad guy at the end and is... is <laughs> rules the throne with you know co-rules the throne with his aunt lover and uh and uh aunt Tyrion's Fla- the hand aunt slash lover with yeah with Tyrion is the hand i think that that's yeah i mean i think <laughs> that's clearly where uh uh the the the, the normal thing would the, the straight down the middle uh sl- uh you know ending would be so that that's what i assume that Scott let a hands <laughs> what do you and think? all seven kingdoms in the I was say all seven kingdoms in the realm are all happy. And yeah, yeah, right? that's, yeah, no complaints. That's how it ends. And yeah, there's and there's just ha- happy music over the credits. happily ever <laughs> after. One of my four year old daughters, you know, Disney movie endings. <laughs> Uh, Scott Linehan, I don't miss you. All right, let's go ahead and move on to some other questions. Uh, John wants to know, uh, is there any interest in Gerald McCoy? And if not, are we adding more free agents after the draft? So he basically just wants to know, uh, if Gerald McCoy is released or is available for a sixth or seventh round pick, are you interested? Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's it's about price. It's about 
cost of the trade, how much you know, what's what's he being paid? Because I think his, you know if he's getting cut, it's because his contract's not great. You know, he's I, I think I think he's due like thirteen million this year. Go, I'll, I'll check while you're talking. Yeah, I'm not picking him up on waiver. I mean, I guess he's not due for waivers, is he's a he's a vested veteran, so he goes straight a, to free vet. agency. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I I'm not trading for that contract. Let's put it that way. Um, Neither so, am I. So yeah, I, I think if he gets released and they can work something out, absolutely. I mean, you know, if he wants to come in and 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 come in on a vet minimum deal or you know something relatively cheap, uh, I, yeah, I don't have any problem with 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 him coming in and and you know, get involved in the rotation and that's and that sort of thing. I think that though I mean again, like I think it's really just about the particulars. It's about what's what's the expectation if he comes in? What's the price on if he comes in? Is he gonna be expecting to take the lion's share of snaps? And is that the best idea for your three technique at this point with him in his, in this career? Or is him getting being part of the rotation and defensive tackle probably the best for the team and 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 for him and, and will he go for that so uh, yeah if, if all those if, if he's cheap if he's willing to be part of a rotation and just be one of uh, one of the cogs in this uh, into your defensive line rotation uh, then i'm all on board if he's wanting something more than that then let's you know i think he he may he may be looking for a, another big payday and 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 you know lots of snaps and i don't know that the cowboys are the Cowboys might be reticent to offer that to him at this point. Yeah, I, he he's signed for the next three years for Tampa Bay. Um, his cap numbers are 13, 12 and a half, and then thirteen again. God, However, he's dang. due he's due no guaranteed money over the next three seasons. So you can see why Tampa Bay is considering releasing him or trying to trade him. They're just trying to get out from under the contract. I, I think his play has dropped off quite a bit. Um, yeah, but is he still better than anybody on the Cowboys roster? I think so. Um, again, do I, know, I don't think I it's mean, somebody you trade for. That's what that's what I, I'm wondering. Well, is that like I mean, do you? Th- I don't know. Uh, you know, as far as the trajectory of that's why it's it's kind of difficult. Like when, when that's why I think of, he's best on a one year rental. Yeah, because I, 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 I feel like you do. I feel I agree. I, I feel like you know, but the question is, is that like I don't know if he is better than a healthy Malik Collins. You know what I'm saying? Now, Malik Collins is not mm. always reliably to be healthy, healthy but, like, yeah. I, you know, is he? Is like, I mean, as far as where he is, like, with his athleticism at, at, at this point in his career, is he better than Malik Collins? I, don't, I really don't know, but I think it's probably – it could be that they're both very similarly talented players at this point in their careers. And so uh, the, that question then becomes, like, uh, I, you know, and I, I'm saying this – as a compliment, because I like Malik Collins, uh, you know, I, I, right. I just think, but like I, I like Malik Collins on the end of his rookie contract deal, not like you know at thirteen million dollars a year, which is that's what I guess my point. So, uh, a one year rental on a cheaper deal is, like I said, more likely what I would be comfortable with. But you know, if 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 he's because if he's going to cost more than that, then I feel like he's probably going to find work elsewhere. Yeah, he played a lot of snaps last year. I mean, there was, you know, almost every single game he's playing 55 to 60 snaps a game. If you got him down to, you know, 30 to 40 snaps, uh, I think he can be extremely useful. I, I just don't trust Malik Collins. 
Um, no, and that's why I mean, I, I, and I, I get, get that because that's why, and that's why you're t- thinking about doing this deal I, is because if if you did trust Molly Collins, we wouldn't be talking about this because I think when Collins is on the field, he produces, but you cannot. He 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 doesn't miss games, but he gets hurt, and it and it it, it you know you get diminishing returns after he gets hurt. So it's that's why he's probably not going to get a second contract here and you know i think it's just one of those things where i like him when he's on the field and he's healthy but i feel like he's always playing at 70% at 60% health mm. and that's you know a I, problem I feel, I feel like it's one of these things where um the cowboys will have interest if he's released but i don't think they're going to be the highest bidder he would almost have to yeah, come exactly. here on a exactly a four or five million dollar deal in order to get there. Where I think, I, I think you'd see teams like maybe the Colts who have a lot of cap room with the Chiefs. Uh, I, I think you'd see them offer him, you know, a little bit more money. But uh, speaking of Malik Collins, just a, a really quick note. Uh, I was kind of just researching some stuff today. Did you know he's only two months older than Gerald Willis, a defensive tackle that we've been talking about a lot? <laughs> I believe it because I know that he was insanely young when he came out, and so. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's hilarious. It's wow, just, it's just insane that. But and totally I think nuts. that's important when you're kind of projecting these players going forward. You're hoping that Jared Willis in two or three years can be as good as Malik Collins. But you know, maybe if Malik Collins isn't that expensive, I I it wouldn't I wouldn't be upset that at all if the Cowboys decided to give Collins a you know one year extension to kind of keep him through 2020. But uh, just if he finished to, the to season remember, healthy, if if he finished the season healthy and has a good year, I, I wouldn't be surprised either. The problem is, is that that hasn't happened once yet. But see, I, I just see you, this is you why I think once. I would pay. I, I would pay him now. I think because I think his value, if he has a good season, let's say he stays healthy and he gets six sacks, he's going to get a lot of money in free agency. I think you can get a discount on him now, knowing that he's a pretty good, useful player, even if it's only as a backup. I, I would be inclined to give him money now, but that's just me. You're All right, that right. is it you for today's show. Too. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time.